Hey there. You might be wondering how I figured out all that important stuff from the last episode. Why am I so smart? And where did true-seeking Florida man have to go to get such deep insights? What is the source of his wisdom? Does he have a guru? Can I use this guru? Well, mostly I done figured it all out myself. At least I like to tell myself that I did. But I'm always looking for good gurus, so let me know if you find one yourself. And in the case of the meaning of life, well, I gotta give some credit, just a little bit, to a teenage son. Because he pissed me off enough that it kind of forced me to figure it out by accident. And I actually didn't believe it was anything serious when it happened. I was just trying to get that boy to avoid flunking out of school and flunking out of life. Which seems to be something that teenagers sometimes do until they get their hormones a little more under control. And to my surprise, over the last 10 years or so, I haven't been able to figure out a better answer. And it seems the more I learn, the better that answer even gets. Now, I gotta give a little background and tell a little story. Surprise, surprise. First of all, I did try to raise my boys Florida style, even though we weren't living anywhere near Florida. I'd send them outside to play, in the backyard, into the woods, climbing trees, mowing the yard, splitting wood for the fireplace, playing baseball, wrestling around in the grass, water balloon fights, running around naked in the mud, learning how to swim, how to hold your breath good and long, how to dive into a pool without breaking your neck, how to do cannonballs, how to properly splash water in the pool during a water fight, even bump a rump. And if you don't know, don't ask. How to sail, how to grill, and how to properly prepare and properly eat hamburger on a bun, no forks and knives, messy as hell. You know, Floridian survival essentials. Now, they figured out how to drink beer all on their own. We tried and mostly avoided major injuries. A little blood, a little scarring, a few stitches, no big deal. Broken and chipped front teeth. Playing in the woods, we all got ticks, sometimes even in unpleasant locations and I'd remove them ugly ticks. Okay, actually, my wife did the remove them from the really unpleasant places. Thank you, ma'am. A few little bike accidents, a few little schoolyard scruffles, a few little after-school pranks gone bad. Just the normal kind of kid screw-ups. And when they really screwed up, like directly disobeying a parental command, or hitting their brother after multiple warnings. We even gave corporal punishment. One slap on their butt. Maybe two. I don't think three, but I'm not so sure anymore. Anyway, no sticks, no switches, no paddles, no leather straps, which was my daddy's preferred method. Applied sparingly, but amazingly effective. And I always told them, when they turn 18, they're out of here. Got to go to college. Got to get a job. 
That's the way it was when I grew up. And when them boys looked a little shocked, their mama would nicely tell them not to worry too much. We don't do it that way here. And they'd relax just a little bit. But I did like to remind them about that every once in a while with a little Florida man type stern look. I just wanted to let them know that living at home was actually a privilege, you know? And our main parental requirement, besides making the bed and picking up the toys and mowing the yard when they was old enough, was do good in school, which they mostly did until the first one hit puberty. Now, when I look back, all this started at about the normal puberty time for boys, teenage years, you know? And we started getting the usual teenage responses, like, huh? Or just plain ignoring us like we deaf. Or, why? Like, why do we have to make my bed when it just get messed up again in the evening? Okay, that one is a good question, I gotta admit. One of my favorite questions was, you know, we actually don't need to talk anymore. Like say, hi, and how you doing, and good morning, and all that. We done already said everything we need to say to each other in the past 12 years. I wish I had thought that one up when I was a teenager, but I probably would have been too scared of getting strapped to have said it. But somehow, I think me and his mom just had this image of a sweet little boy stuck in our brains. So when he started to talk and act like a real, normal teenager, we were like, what the hell is going on here? What kind of aliens invaded that boy's body? Where'd our nice little son go to? His nice shiny eyes and his silly smile got swapped out for a dull, sullen frown. We did not expect that. We did not like that. Now, looking back again, and by all Floridian standards, he was a good and reasonably well-behaved teenager. No jail time, no car stealing, no sex-crazed wild beer parties spreading diseases and pregnancies, no illicit drug dealings, no illegal weapons, no major run-ins with the law, even though he did get brought home by the police one evening, but that's another story. And it turns out he wasn't doing anything wrong, even. But then police got a little too uppity, as you know they do sometimes. And like I said, no jail time. At least, nothing of that hanky-panky kind of stuff that we knew about, which was mostly good enough for us. But somewhere in about the eighth grade, his grades started to slip. Things not getting done. Homework getting missed. Unexplained school absences. General chaos. Major red flag for parents. Danger Will Robinson and we immediately implemented serious corrective action. You know, sit down at the dining room table, parent-child talks, a family powwow. You gotta do good, you gotta make your bed, you gotta do your homework, you gotta wear your bike helmet. He never did. You gotta get your act together. So, after the usual responses of, huh, why, and blank stares, ugh, this leads to the meaning of life, eventually. Because one of them questions he was asking was, why do I need to get good grades in school anyway? Or even go to school? Which, again, is also a good question. See, that boy's actually smart. He keep asking good questions. Now, 
my knee-jerk Florida answer from when I was growing up would have been, because I told you, and if you don't, I'm going to backhand you. But what actually came out was, because you don't want to be working for a boss that you don't like and is stupider than you. So you got to go to school, get good grades, and finish up to avoid all that. And by the way, we think you ain't totally stupid either. So we expect you would really dislike working for a boss who is more stupid than you. That is no fun. Which I honestly think is one of the best reasons to get a good education. There are still plenty more too, don't worry, but that is a good one. Anyway, that teenage boy's hormonal brain was having none of that. And after talking back and forth and talking back and forth, or maybe just us parents talking at him for a long, long time, we somehow got down to the question, what the hell is the meaning of life anyway? Ah, damn, he's going to stop them good hard questions already. Oof. So after a little reflection, some quick engineer type brain action, I came up with an answer, kind of thinking, what would I have liked to have heard as a hormone adult teenager? A decent and believable and motivating answer. And uh, also easy enough, I could remember it later. And conveniently, we had a flip chart nearby, because, you know, all good parents have a flip chart ready to go at a moment's notice, where we wrote down in red ink to have fun, to learn, to leave the world a better place than you found it. And that boy with his dark, sullen, generally unhappy teenage scowl stared at it for a few minutes while I was thinking, this is hopeless. That boy's hormone-addled brain is beyond reach, at least for the next couple of years. But then he walked up to the flip chart, grabbed a green pen, crossed off to learn to leave the world a better place, and replaced it with to not regret my life. So his meaning of life back then was to have fun and to not regret my life. And I thought about that for a minute. First, I was kind of shocked and also kind of happy that we'd gotten any kind of response from him. Then I thought, his version can't be right, and I need to correct that immediately. Then I reminded myself that them kind of corrections don't work for teenagers anymore. And I just said, interesting, son. I do not think I agree, but I understand that you like that, and we'll think about it for a while. But just try to do good in school. And we'll talk again later, like in a decade or so. But ever since then, I've been thinking about both them answers. And because my wife was smart enough to take a picture of that flip chart, I even have absolute proof that this happened. And it wasn't some kind of a cognitive bias story that we just made up. And in the meantime, my views haven't changed that much either. I even kind of like my answer more now than back then. And I still kind of disagree with his answer, to have fun and to not regret my life. Even though I think a lot about how this probably means wildly different things to different people, I can even make it fit into my guidelines. Because, personally, I would regret my life if I hadn't had fun, hadn't learned, and if I didn't at least try to leave things a little bit better than I found it. But I still think my guidelines are good. And I like them because they scale. Just think if all of us, all 8 billion or so, 
could actually live by those guidelines, by that standard, if it was taught in the schools and part of our culture. The world would be a better place, which also makes it a moral positive in my book, too. Now, I do recognize there are a number of issues holding this back. Probably the biggest issue is that most people are just too worried about making it through another day or another week or another month or a year to worry about all that stuff. That is, of course, a bigger issue that I'm going to save for later. And these guidelines got to be taken all together because on their own, it probably don't work. Just having fun. We all know that can lead to problems. Like when you're having fun, hurts yourself in the long run and hurts the people around you or even people far away that you don't even see. But if you consider adding in the last guideline, leaving things better than you found it, then that fun having's got to be done in a way which is not messing up you or your people or anyone else. And just learning on its own, well, I kind of appreciate that being a truth-seeking type, you know. But I also see that ain't quite working too good considering human nature and all that. Seems somehow that having fun, whatever that means to you as a person, is some kind of a oil or a fuel to keep other parts of you going over the long run. Leaving things better than you found it, that one stands pretty good on its own. But it also gets amped up pretty darn good if you couple that with learning and also with having fun along the way. Now, when my son wrote down back then to not regret your life, I interpreted that to mean that you lived your life without having any regrets. And that version, I do disagree with. I do believe that if you really don't have any regrets in your life, you probably didn't try hard enough. You didn't push yourself. You didn't take some chances. You didn't try enough crazy shit. That shit crazy shit. At least if you ain't hurting others and maybe even learning something too along the way. And if it leaves things better than you found it. And if not, you just got to clean up that mess you made. But I can also look at what he wrote exactly to not regret your life. And I do think that is excellent advice. I do think when you look back at your life, you probably ought to have some regrets. Like, I shouldn't have shot a bird at that policeman. Or, I should have spent the money and gone and seen Leonard Skinner when they were in town. Or, I should have quit that job earlier and gone for something that was really good, even if it seemed risky and scary. But you see these choices, these regrets, and you can still not regret your life. Because your life is long, complex, and unique. Irregardless of all the good and the bad stuff that you did. Because I haven't met anyone yet. Anyone. Which is close to what I think is perfect. I honestly don't even know what that might look like. I just know that I have yet to meet anyone anywhere near that level. And I've met a bunch of super cool, super interesting, super successful people. Many who I even highly respect. Some of them even from Florida. So I'm willing to give my son a little bit more credit now for his hormone-addled teenage response. Not bad for a teenager. 
And eventually that boy straightened out. He sent himself a little bit of help from his parents to Florida for ninth grade schooling. A military-style boarding school. Uh-huh. It was actually his choice. We figured he did it just to piss off us free-thinking, not-really-military-type parents. But that might be another story. And he had a good experience, something he won't be forgetting. Nothing like a year in Florida to show you some real life in the swamp. And he decided his home and his parents didn't suck quite so bad after all. And came back and got better grades. Then even good grades. Finished school, went to college, picked a major that should earn him good money. Yet my Florida raising approach worked. Hell yeah. Made his parents feel good. And I don't know what he thinks about all this, but that's okay. So, as much as I would like a super guru, I'll take what I can get. A teenage son. And since I don't have one of those anymore, I'm just going to have to keep looking. But I am grateful that he helped me figure out the meaning of life and gave me lots of good stories, too. And that's it for today. Bye now. Bye now.